0: Hello, and welcome to the Detroit Real Estate Experts Podcast, your place for top tips, helpful hints, and all things real estate in and around Detroit. Today's episode features Jay Taylor, Melissa Gibbons, and Dan DeFore. These coworkers and friends from Jay Taylor and Associates sit down to have a lively conversation about their favorite neighborhoods in Detroit, from where they would choose to live to where is best to invest and why. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Of the Detroit Real Estate Experts Podcast.
1: Can we start by me guessing your favorite neighborhood? let we'll start with both of you guessing. Yeah. Do you want to guess first?
2: Good morning and welcome
1: to the Detroit Real
2: Estate Experts Podcast. Uh, as your host Jay Taylor, I'm going to introduce our two guests today. We have Melissa Gibbons.
3: Hi. Tell Hi. us about yourself, Melissa. Oh man, we're just old friends now. Um, I work with Jay on Jay, the Jay Taylor Associates team. Um, I handle the listings and a lot of the paperwork and working with title and kind of all the, the back end magic while he does the I front-end magic with but, but you're too to kind.
2: Uh, to be honest, Melissa, you also have a real estate license. Oh, I do. And that from time to time when nobody's available to pick up a lead, you randomly run in your car and show a property and you have like true. a 90% success rate of closing uh, on those clients, so. I do
3: that too.
2: Pretty damn good realtor
1: as well. Thank you. Uh, and then we have Dan DuPour. Dan, tell us about yourself. All of our listeners already know. I need no introduction with our <laughs> audience. <laughs> No, I am, uh, what did I say last time? All around uh, office dog, right? I'm here with Melissa in the office doing loyal a lot hound. of- Loyal Hound? Yeah, Loyal Hound, doing all the administrative work. I was dabbling in our marketing scheme until recently we got a professional to take care of that, <laughs> that end of things. Um, but yeah, basically whatever all of our buyers agency need on the like, paperwork end, um, I route all of our leads. So I'm, I'm essentially the first touch for Jay Taylor and Associates for a lot of our clients. And I'd like Pretty
2: to point good. out that you also, as a transaction coordinator, are the last
1: touch. Yes, that's a good You're good. You are the alpha point. and the omega of this real estate deal. Right. Hello and goodbye. Hello it and goodbye. Is.
2: Awesome. And then as Jay Taylor, I'm the founder of Jay Taylor Associates, the team leader of the real estate team. And really excited to be hosting you too on this show. We are gonna be talking about favorite neighborhoods. And prior to starting the show, we had a running guess that you guys can't guess, or running joke that you guys can't guess what my favorite neighborhood is. I bet I can
1: guess both your favorite neighborhoods.
2: All right. Go. Go? Dan, guess Melissa's favorite neighborhood.
1: All right, so actual, so, so the way I'm guessing is that if you had to live in one neighborhood yourself for the rest of your life. This is so unfair. Oh, oh, I mean, we can, we can adjust that. I think you guys have different answers the way we frame. So yeah, we should, we should really characterize what, what favorite means, or we can do them all. I all think right, that's no, also I fun.
2: like that. Let's have a favorite neighborhood to live in and then favorite neighborhood to
1: buy in. Yeah, I think that's, that's cool. Um, so favorite neighborhood for you guys to live in. This is actually harder than I think it would seem. You would think that you would both want to live in you. so for those who don't know both jay and melissa live about a block away from each other in the university district amazing neighborhood hands
2: down my favorite neighborhood
1: (laughs) (laughs) my brother also lives in that neighborhood amazing i would say jay at this point i'll place that as your yeah your favorite to live in right now melissa is newer to the neighborhood so i'm going to say melissa hypothetically if she had to choose one would hop across seven mile over into Sherwood if you had the, if you had to do so, right? Or if you had if you could pick anywhere.
2: To quote oh Megan B. Stallion, sexy bougie racket.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would my one rebuttal to that is although I love to walk that neighborhood with yeah. my dog, I hop over seven mile when I'm taking my dog for his long walk. Uh, the size of the houses intimidate me. It's me. My husband, we're not very large people, and we have one dog. Now, I could get many more and then fill a house the size of yes. children that needs yes. to be, but I'm already in a house that feels a little <laughs> bigger than the I house can. is large. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: With, with your current rate of addition uh, being zero of new children,
3: That's true. you don't need <laughs> more rooms. I don't need more rooms. Uh, and I don't like doing yard work, so the larger pl- uh, plots aren't necessarily mm. something that is attractive either because it's just more yard to mow. All right, way. so you're
1: one for two. I'm guessing the two. Okay. So now um uh... <laughs> So what uh, what would be your favorite to live, to live in for to the rest of in. your life in Detroit? Right. I mean, I do
3: love where I am and I hate the thought of packing up and moving again, so yeah. I'll just stay. I'll just stay yeah, where I am forever. Yeah, we're good. It's
1: a great place. It's a great place okay i may make a small
2: change though i currently love where i live in the university district i would however move homes to get a second lot next to my house there are a couple homes in my neighborhood that have two lots kind of wrapped into one fence uh and you can get the same lot size over in Arden park where the home is a beautiful home feels a lot like a historic detroit university district home but it has a double deep or double wide lot so i'm not married to a a specific home per se what i would do is potentially change it for a larger lot
1: size yeah yeah before we dive deeper into like or move on past university district why don't you guys describe like what are the defining features of the university district for people who don't even know the neighborhood right like if you were talking to somebody from California, like what? what's so great about University District?
2: So the Neighborhood Association is incredibly active. And so as a resident of the UDCA, you get a lot of services provided just by a group of your peers. They all live in the neighborhood. They all have addresses close to you and they all provide community and support and that sort of thing. But outside of that, the homes themselves built in the 1920s, incredibly historic beautiful architecturally interesting every single one of them uh is unique with its brickwork with its roof lines they are not a cookie cutter neighborhood <laughs> where if you go through certain areas of ferndale or gross point or rochester whole subdivisions were built with the exact same floor plan and the exact yeah. same model and all the homes look alike just with different paint jobs or yeah. with different I, cars parking
3: front the i grew up
2: district
1: I grew up in one of those neighborhoods um, where there was, not exaggerating here, there was four different homes um, just replicated, right? So like you're, somebody across the street literally had the exact same house as you. Maybe they just painted the walls a different color or something like that. Um, And what's cool about University District, what I noticed when I drive through, is the homes are distinctly University District. It has a distinct flavor right for lack of a better word you've been tasting but, these homes yeah like the
2: brick the door where do you
1: i like the lead, paint.
3: <laughs> lead paint. <Lots laughs> <of> the <laughs> paint
1: but with that said each home is unique in itself right am i wrong in saying that that like you know a university district house um, but also it's different than the one next door to it absolutely right?
2: and i will tell my neighbors oh i've been in your homes doppelganger you know there's a home down the street from me that has like a a rising sun kind of brick pattern coming out of an arched doorway it's beautiful the 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 way they've interlaid light brick and dark brick looks like sun rays coming out of this cool dome top door well that little unique brickwork exists in maybe seven other homes in the neighborhood but only in that one area of the home, you know. This home happens to have two huge peaked roofs where they have a third floor with whole like service quarters and that stuff built into it. The other home might be more in a Tudor style home, and and the third one might. So every home is different. They share certain characteristics, which is where you say when you see a home in UD, you know it's a home in UD yeah. because it was built in the twenties by these builders and designers that were all sharing best practices, but every one of them is unique. Cool. All right, I want to hear you. If you had to live in one neighborhood,
1: yeah, the rest I, of your life, and it had to be in the city of Detroit, what would it be? For sure, if I had to live in one neighborhood, I think it has just all, well, it has almost everything I want um, outside of, I don't know if there's a like a park nearby. So, but Arden Park, I think that neighborhood is so unique to Detroit Um, it's located directly off Woodward which for those who don't know is like the Detroit Express right like you you hit Woodward at least once a day if you're like doing anything in Detroit Um, but yeah Arden Park is like this neighborhood which it's just like my jaw drops every time I drive through there the houses are Giant historic Detroit mansions is the best way I can describe so it. We should call
2: his girlfriend and tell her to run quick. Because basically he's saying, "I want seven children." <laughs> yeah. There isn't a no I would, in Arden Park that isn't a mansion with eight with, bedrooms, with a five thousand plus square
1: feet, and then a guest home
2: yeah. out back as Six well. Six bathrooms to clean. They one are, of the
3: few places you'll find the Italianate mansion,
1: right? At a price tag. Always clearing 800,000, but typically in the one to 2 million. Yeah, you're hitting a million. Which, okay, let's talk about that a little bit. These homes in any other city, right, we're talking, I watched a video on YouTube the other day of a $40 million um, home in Lake Tahoe, which is a great place, right? Uh, We used to have a house in Tahoe, but subtract all the scenery and and wildlife and all that stuff, the house, size-wise nothing compared to like a home and a mansion in Detroit, architecture wise, design wise, historically. Yeah, I look at the like, history. There was <coughs> a
2: home that sold recently on West Boston Boulevard, which is again, a very prestigious and famous street in Boston, Edison. And uh, it's just these four streets. It's, you know, nestled between the street, Boston Boulevard and Edison Avenue. These four streets have historic, beautiful homes. And it's a neighborhood that's very well known in the area. The Dodge brothers lived there. There's a home in that neighborhood that is owned by the Fishers. Uh, but I think the most iconic and famous one that sold recently was the Barry Gordy Mansion. And here we have history lesson 101. You know, Detroit is built on Motown, it's built on the auto industry, it's built on all these fun things. So Barry Gordy, being the founder of Motown, had this beautiful mansion in Boston Edison. 10 bedrooms, 12 bathrooms, pool house, two and a half acres, one of the largest lots in the city in immaculate condition. We're talking limestone, beautiful tapestries, everything. 1.6 million. Yeah. For two and a half acres, 12,000 square feet. So you put that anywhere else, and that's a $40 million right. acreage, right. and you put it in. Boston, Edison, Detroit, most historically in Detroit, and it sells for 1.6 million. At the time, the largest sale that year in Detroit for a a residential home. So, still a steep price in Detroit, but cheap elsewhere.
1: Right, it's, yeah, so that's one thing about, I mean, yeah, Arden Park, Boston, Edison, all these, you know, big neighborhoods, Indian Village. Some of these homes, um, not to mention their proximity to downtown, Um, Arden Park, what are we, Three or four miles from downtown, maybe that's five. You draw the line
2: for downtown. I'd say it's five miles.
1: Five miles, yeah. It, it, you're a straight shot down Woodward. You're I'm talking one mile from New Center. Right. That's the, that's right.
2: the start of downtown.
1: Right. Um, but essentially, to to everything that uh, living in a city has to offer, you are right in the middle of it. Um, in a historic mansion that. I call it like they're literally works of art, like some of the detail in these homes. Uh,
2: I'm going to move our conversation a little bit. I'm curious if the two of you have opinions on this, um, where you would live is one question, but favorite neighborhood that seems to be about to pop, I think is the second real good question for sure. A lot of people who engage with us are looking to buy a home for themselves, but I'd say an equal number of people are looking to buy their first investment property. And they always want one of two things. They either want a really solid rental return, which I can tell you right now, Detroit's really well known for. The second one is they want big equity gains. I want to be able to buy it, hold it for a couple of years with a renter, or invest some money into improving the look of it and then resell for a profit. In either of those scenarios, they're looking for a neighborhood where the acquisition costs are low and the exit costs are high. So you know, we've seen this happen all across the city of Detroit. The Bagley neighborhood is an example where in 2015, 2016, you could pick up homes there for 25 to 50,000 and sell them for hundred to 150,000. And in just the last two years, it's really turned a corner and now those homes are selling for a hundred or buying for a hundred and selling for over two. Um, what are some neighborhoods that you expect that to happen soon for that would be in your like top neighborhood
3: list? Yeah. I've been saying Fitzgerald for a couple of years now. It's located directly south of Bagley. You're still one neighborhood removed from the university district. You're close to colleges. You're close to the Avenue of Fashion on Livernois. The city's dumping millions of dollars to like renovate the six-mile line, which is where it's the northern boundary of Fitzgerald. Um, You're by Mary Grove College. You've got historic houses. You got still houses that are needing renovation. You can pick them up very, very cheap. Do some renovation, get a tenant in there, or hold on to it for a couple of years, whatever. Um, you're you're buying in Fitzgerald at what value was a couple of years ago? And we've had some really good sales in Fitzgerald.
2: Yeah, so you can get a three and a half or a three bedroom, one and a half bath home there for under thirty thousand still. Mm-hmm. That could rent for eight fifty a month. Mm-hmm. And while the streetscape is being redone, while that Mary Grove College conversion by the University of Michigan is being done, while new businesses and restaurants are opening, you know, three to five years from now, either you can increase the rent to a thousand a month because it's worth that, or you can sell the property for over a hundred and you've seen equity gains or you've seen uh, rental returns. Either way, it's a solid investment.
1: Yeah, I fully agree with that one. I think anywhere, uh, I don't know if like, you would already say like, Martin Park is already surpassed that. Like it's already had the boom, but it, or it's one that's going through the boom. Um, but it neighbors Fitzgerald, UD, um, yeah, all those neighborhoods in the, like in the four eight two two one that haven't reached their full potential um, yet, as far as you know price point. All the homes being uh, renovated and restored, or I think I would choose any of them, right? Like. Uh, I fully agree with what what Melissa says about Fitzgerald. It's a great neighborhood.
2: What's yours?
1: Um, I was gonna say Martin Park, um, as far as like where I would personally buy in what I think is good buy. but as of late, um, I'm realizing that that opportunity might have already yeah, slipped I mean, was by. Chris right, General and
2: Martin Park on too many radars because the yeah. city has already dumped all the dollars there. <laughs> And so you're now going to pay speculative investor purchasing prices where, well, I'm overpaying for today, but three years from now, it'll be worth more. Uh, Where is the place that you can avoid that speculation bump?
1: Um, So one I've seen around here, basically anywhere around where we are right now. um, So some of these neighborhoods that border the North End, that border LaSalle Gardens, um, I think these areas are like where 2903 montgomery is at they're just simply too close to downtown new center um, just this bustling city environment uh, to not improve from where they are right now um, these are neighborhoods that still like what would you call what would you refer to like the 2903 montgomery area Yeah, it's, it's an in-between
2: land you have dexter linwood yeah going off to the north and then you have New Center and Northwest Goldberg going out to the south and to the east, but you know, the closest you are is LaSalle Gardens, but you're not in LaSalle Gardens. Right, so. so. Kind of
3: near petosquiat Otsego, ish
2: Which is a neighborhood without an identity. Yeah. Yeah. It's the neighborhood where you can currently buy a $20,000 duplex. Exactly. Yeah. The fact that you can buy a duplex for $20,000, now it'll need some work to make it habitable, but the point is, that's a purchase price that you can take a five-year game plan on and not feel bad about.
1: Yeah, and and all these places that we just discussed, some of these neighborhoods, yeah, that don't have an identity, will soon, right? They're just some of the, like some of these blocks are walking distance from Henry Ford Medical Center, which has got a full facelift. I mean, these are bustling areas, There's new businesses opening. There's yeah, it's just inevitable the way I see it um, that those areas will improve because where they stand now, you look on a block, there's five vacant uh, properties still boarded up, vacant. Um, yeah, I would say a neighborhood that
2: is on nobody's radar right now, but should be on everybody's radar, is Northwest Goldberg. It's this if I had told you Northwest Goldberg, would you even know what I'm talking not about? Not really. No,
1: to be honest, I yeah, couldn't yeah. even.
2: Um, it is a very small square or rectangle of properties that are south of West Grand Boulevard, north of the freeway, so you're talking, when you say walking distance to the heart Center, yeah. you are two blocks from the brand new state of the art Henry Ford Health Center, but you're south of it, which means you're closer to downtown, even the new center. Right. You are literally the same distance from downtown as Midtown. You are right there, so you can walk to New Center, you can walk to Midtown, you can walk to Wayne State, and it's in this little area. It's it's adjacent to where the Detroit police train their new recruits. Gotcha. The Detroit Training Academy is in Northwest Culver. But there are entire blocks of just vacant, green pasture land where homes used to be and have been
1: raised. And what's the common um, home there? Are we talking a lot of multi-families, a lot of single families? A lot of, yeah, both. So For- single and multi,
2: and. Most of them are not historic brick. They were built kind of in that boom era where sticks went up really fast. Baby boomers. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're not getting a really, uh, well, so not the baby boomer growth, because that's more like 700 square foot ranches. These are still 1600 square foot two-story homes, but just built maybe even before brick construction with steel I-beams. We're talking like- Gotcha. They look more like the cork homes. Wooden. Mm.
1: So they've got some, they've got their History, own distinct, uh, distinct yeah.
2: What I will say is this, it's a neighborhood that is falling apart and can be acquired for inexpensive, but it's so close to everything that it just takes one person to say, let's make a few of these look better and it brings pride of ownership to that block and more and more people will move. So the first adopter there will have the largest return.
1: Yeah. Cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, I guess we all discuss our favorite buying opportunities, right?
3: Yeah. I put in, I maybe went the wrong direction. Yeah. I, I was uh, told not too long ago, quick, pick your favorite neighborhood. So with only that as the, <laughs> the, the guiding light, um, I thought of what is one of my favorite places to visit. I don't live there. I Every time I go there, I'm like, ah, oh, I love this. I love this place. I want to spend more time here. So that's not at all what we've discussed.
2: Tell us to it. <laughs> I would
3: love to just highlight Lafayette Park. Okay. Oh my goodness, you've got the De Cut. You've got Mies van der Rohe all over the place. We're talking one of the most like gorgeous post-war. Mid-century. Mid-century. Mid-century.
2: Architecturally beautiful.
3: Yes. George
2: Jetson might've lived there one time.
3: Why not? <laughs> You're just south of the Eastern Market. You're just you. north of the Riverwalk. You are, your boundaries are the like Chrysler Freeway, 375 for those people who need numbers. Like you're so close to downtown. It's just so fantastic. And you're getting these uh, construction and like big open green views and Nice shady lanes, and again, I'm going to say the Duke Winter Cut because if you like to bike like I do, it's one of the most fun places to explore outside of your car.
2: Yeah, bikes are Still within Lafayette Park, condos selling for under three hundred thousand. Yeah. So you can still, at this point, snag an incredibly affordable, you know, beautiful condo. In fact, we sold one not far from Lafayette for sixty-three thousand. Yeah. Recently, one bed, one bath. It was nothing to be proud of. It was a
3: tiny little thing yeah. in, a, in a
2: uninteresting building. But the point is, you're landing yourself for under 100,000 into the heart of the growth of Detroit's downtown.
3: Yeah.
1: That's a great thought. Hey, thanks. Dan, if you had a
2: place that you didn't <laughs> want to live or own, but just Pass through?
1: Well, so I already do that all the time, right?
3: Yeah, you have friends to live. In. You, you
1: guys live, live in the <laughs> university district. My, I have family who lives in the university district. So, but basically, by like once a weekend, uh, I take my dog for a nice walk over there, visit friends and family. Um, would I have? Sure, I, I, I guess if it's the right opportunity presented itself, I would buy a house over there. But it would more to be, uh, it'd be. Nice to be close to people I know. You don't uh, want to own a boat? You want to have a friend who owns a boat? Yeah, exactly. I like enjoying some of the perks of the university districts uh, without living there myself. You know, it's... it's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: Well,
1: in that case, so my favorite then would be there
2: is a central business district of Detroit that is nestled between the Lodge Freeway, I-75, the 375... Uh, service drive and the riverfront. It's just a one mile area. And there are very few residences there for sale. You can buy in Fort Shelby, you can buy in the book Cadillac, you can buy on Broadway, but it would be any condo where when you walk out your front door, you are literally walking onto the downtown streets of Detroit. Yeah. So I don't want to own there. I don't want to move my three children there with my dog. What I do want to do is have friends who host me over for a evening cocktail, and we can walk the streets.
3: And maybe when the kids are all in college and have their own houses, you guys can downsize from your huge house to a really great 2,000 square foot condo. Okay. <laughs> Never have to shovel your walk again.
2: Well, this has been awesome. I appreciate you guys talking about your favorite neighborhoods. I'm curious to know uh, if anyone is still listening to this podcast after <laughs> we've been rambling for this many minutes about our favorites. What is your favorite? So, if you have a favorite neighborhood, or if you've always dreamed about living in one or if you have questions about a neighborhood this is your chance to just leave a comment and ask we're here for you thanks for listening bye
0: Thanks for listening to the Detroit Real Estate Expert podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, be sure to tell your friends, subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in more of what we do, you can find us on Instagram at JTA Realtors. That's J-T-A-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-S or on Facebook as J. Taylor & Associates. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.